0: Hello and welcome back to the Five Banner Banter Podcast, the 2022-23 Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast. Uh, This is episode four. I am your host, Evan Gerkey, joined alongside my co-beat reporters and Emma Pollitz and Bradley O'Hulin. How are you doing today, guys?
1: Really good, Evan. Um, We're excited to hear your bowling stories.
2: (laughs) I'm also doing well, and I'm also excited to hear your bowling stories.
0: Yeah, so we've got a good bowling story today um, to get into it. Matt Seabury, who is on the women's basketball, um, The Beat. So if you listen to that podcast, you're familiar with his voice. Um, he is also in my bowling class. We are on the same team. Today, we had another league play game, and he was not having his best day. We were, we were in the ninth frame. I think he was only in the 60s, maybe the high hmm. 60s. And I told him, you know, two weeks ago, I, I gave him the grief on the podcast. Last week, I shouted him out because he had a lot better of a day. And I told him, it's like, you're gonna you're gonna catch some strays on the podcast again today. This is this is not your best day.
2: Oh my god, that's so mean. Just but, hovering over your shoulder. Like he, he just he splits it, gets a seven ten split. You're like, Get on the podcast are not gonna be happy.
0: Well, apparently it worked, because he went up in the tenth frame and got two straight strikes and then nine pins in the third one. Whoa. He it took it to heart. Obviously won as a shout out on the podcast. Uh twenty nine pins in the last frame. We won by one pin.
2: Hey. Everyone counts.
0: So Matt Seabry, um played some hero ball today. It really saved us at the end. Kind of a buzzer beating strike there.
2: <laughs> no, for okay. sure. It, it sounds like the hate really fuels him because, I mean, you call him out. He does really well. You praise him on the podcast. He's not doing so well. You know, you belittle him and he steps up. So, I mean, do you have any choice words of vitriol or um, otherwise, you know? condescension to
0: lay no i'm gonna i'm gonna let him have this one this week um we still got another big match on wednesday we're, we're four and two in the league play right now um one bolt in, in scratch which is just straight up score and the handicap score today so that was two wins wednesday's gonna be tough again um we're always fighting to, to get to the top so um, it was one of our tougher opponents this week it was a pretty even handicap so um I'll get on him a little bit Wednesday, and maybe I'll just bring the insults earlier so that he bowls better.
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, you you were like keying his car outside earlier, just keying loser. <laughs> well, that was an <laughs> essence, <laughs> that that was unrelated. Oh, That's un- just, right. Yeah. Good, yeah, good. Good to make sure we're on the same page there.
0: So this is episode four uh, of the podcast. Um, Indiana had two tough games last week: Rutgers and Michigan, both at the top of the the, the Big Ten. Uh, Indiana battled got wins out of both of them somewhat surprisingly um a sign that this is a different team than in the years past and we'll talk about that a little bit later um they they maintained a hold on second place in the big 10 for at least another few days so we're going to break down how those wins happened and how iu snapped some annoying winning streaks against both of those teams uh then after that we'll get into looking ahead uh two more battles for second place it does not get any easier for the hoosiers northwestern and illinois coming up Uh, Preview both of those two matches uh, against teams receiving AP votes. Essentially, twenty-seven and twenty-eight in the AP poll today. With Indiana coming in at fourteen and Purdue dropping to the number three spot after that loss to Northwestern. So, (laughs) wasn't sure if anyone had had a thought on.
2: No, you really—that was very succinct.
0: Thank you. Any any thoughts on storming the court if you're Northwestern?
1: Um, I. It makes more sense that they did it than Indiana, but um, good for them. That's all I have to say.
2: Yeah, I think it was really fun. And again, just so we're clear, Emma doesn't like court storming. Um, uh, I do. I think court storming is cool. And again, I also think that uh, universal health care and kickflips are cool. And Emma doesn't, and that's fine. Uh, But um, yeah, so.
1: I think, um, to clarify, I think part of my hatred comes from the fact that I grew up rooting for a different Blue Blood basketball team, and I think the double standard um, of that, if this team, this other team, were to storm the court, it would be very frowned Sorry upon the um, Duke University Blue Devils. But, um yeah. I'm like a
0: football player, like, at the beginning of the game, <laughs> Emma Pollitz Duke University. I
1: just, Antoine Randall, Indiana <laughs> University.
0: <laughs> no, so, I think that's fair. I think that's
2: fair. Court storming. We all have different opinions, but yeah. It, yeah.
1: It, if you want lot.
0: more opinions, go listen to last week's podcast. Right. It's a great episode. Yeah, we did not storm the court after beating Rutgers, uh, <laughs> although maybe they should have. That is it's our lo- true rival.
1: It was a longer losing streak than Purdue, also. So
0: it was. Yeah, uh, gonna gonna start off with Miller Cop. Um, Emma did the, her whole game story on Miller. He was pretty incredible. Uh, Miller Cop, the Rutgers killer, as I dubbed him. Mm. And then someone went. Well, has he ever beaten Rutgers? And he had at Northwestern his freshman year. He was first, part. his first time, and then yeah.
1: lost every other game until the one last week. So yeah.
0: But he he played well against Rutgers both games this season. Not entirely sure what it is about Rutgers, other than I guess just the way they defend three point shooters like Miller Cop. But what was what worked for him against Rutgers, and how does Indiana get that kind of production out of him, like? more regularly than they
1: are. I think that something new that I noticed was him and Trace kind of working this little two man game thing where he would Miller would get the ball in on the wing, throw it into Trace down low and then cut kind of along Trace's defender on the baseline to the to the weak side and then Trace of course draws a lot of attention down low, and we know he's been so good at kicking it out um, to open shooters and the weak side, and he did that a couple times to Miller, and it really worked. But they also did that a few times against Michigan. It didn't really have the same offensive production um, there. But I think also at Rutgers, Miller Cop was just so aggressive, and he has been. Like, people don't –
0: He was driving. It wasn't just three-point shots. Oh, yeah.
1: People people don't really – noticed that but he's been so energetic all season like his defense too he was getting like tip outs fighting for loose balls just all over the place on the court like he honestly looks like Trey Galloway like what whenever you see Trey Galloway running like a crazy man down the floor that that was Miller Kopp against Rutgers so I think his intensity was at maybe an all-time high last Tuesday but yeah he was shooting lights out also and that's always something that you Like to see what she's been doing consistently this year.
2: Yeah, it feels reductionistic to just say, like, what was different? Well, he got open, but he was left open a bit more. Um, I don't think Rutgers guarded him as closely as some other teams have. Of course, Rutgers did a really good job against, you know, Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. But Miller was getting open and he was getting fed the ball, which sometimes we see he'll just kind of be hanging around on the wing and you think he probably has enough space to make a shot, but either the ball handler doesn't see him or elects to go for someone else. But He got looks, and he made the most of them, uh, which I'm inclined to believe he can do more often than not. Some nights you know, he's he's off, but um, he was just getting open and making the most of them. And I would hope that, I think if you're a fan, you're hoping that that shows uh, Mike Woodson, that like, hey, this is a guy you can get the ball a little bit more and not just draw up like one or two things for him per game.
0: I think it's funny that you say Rutgers did a good job against Trace Jackson Davis when he got 20 points, 18 boards, and six assists, and probably be right, like, the yep. way Trace Jackson is playing right now, that is a good job yep. against yep. Trace Jack- Jackson Davis. I
1: know that's. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll get to him in a second, but briefly back to Miller Kopp. I just think it's interesting from, I guess a, you know, Indiana basketball cu- cultural standpoint that um I noticed fans were upset when Miller Kopp was passing up. Three pointers, which is definitely a turnaround from last year when maybe they were upset when he was taking them sometimes. So that that's good to see. If you're Miller Cop and if you're you know anyone else in Indiana, but I I was encouraged by that and it's it's heartwarming to see that um, turnaround.
0: It does really feel like every time he has a semi-open shot, he's gonna hit it. Like it, it did not feel like that last year, but there's just so much more confidence in the kind of player he is now that well he's 10 now
1: <laughs> he worked on his golf swing yeah <laughs>
0: obviously golf swing has a big part to do with it and part of it is like his defense has drastically improved uh, to jump ahead to michigan before for a second here i mean miller cop was vital on that last play to stopping that three-point shot there's also the other play where um he Michigan a, tried to go down low to yeah. Hunter Dickinson and he had gotten switched onto Dickinson and was doing a really good job defending him up out front. Then Galloway comes in and steals that pass. That was a massive swing for Indiana right there. Yeah. He's just he's so much better on the floor and almost everything he does, as as Bradley put it in his column, the three and D.
2: Yes. Uh he's a three and D specialist. He does not always bring the three, but he almost always uh brings the D, and uh, that's that's about as as nice a compliment as you can, as you can give to that that primal lad out there on the wing.
1: <laughs> he does, yeah. That's that's true. I think that he sometimes, and I think Trace Jackson Davis said this one time too, that he he doesn't want him to shot fake as much. Like when he gets an open shot, he shouldn't really hesitate to take it. But also, yesterday I was watching the um. I was watching the Nebraska game.
0: Sorry.
2: Yeah, that's tough. No, it was No, not. like, let us know if you need anything. Like, that's that's hard. Uh,
1: no, I Would wanna... you like some
0: recommendations for better basketball? Was that the same time as LSU-South <laughs> Carolina women's game?
1: No, 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 sorry. I was watching the Indiana Nebraska game when Trace had a triple double. I was oh, re-watching. That was oh, fun. Okay. I was re- yeah. So I <laughs> thought you
0: you just turned on the <laughs> no, Nebraska no, no. game yesterday. Oh
1: gosh. No, I was doing my laundry and cleaning my room. I wanted to have something fun on in the background. But anyways, Miller had about 8 points in the first half, but um they were all from like runners or like mid-range pull-ups so seeing him you know kind of diversify his portfolio has been very interesting also because he's hitting he's hitting all of those shots at a high clip too <laughs> speaking of
0: he's got a new nil deal
1: yep which i almost predicted in my column from christmas break um yeah
0: almost just you for had... horses and hand grenades
2: jeez because <laughs> you had what was it galloway and
0: leal, leal mm-hmm. yeah at the same barbershop though
1: Yes, I, yeah, correct. I knew that they all went there. I had Miller going to a Bloomington Country Club because, you know, like we just said, he's tan and he likes playing golf. So it's true, both true
2: things.
0: Um, I I have TJD as a talking point for the Rutgers game. I'm just going to move on to Michigan if that's okay with you guys, because he's also a talking point for the Michigan game. Because at this point, I, I when I when I make our little document to to talk what we're going to talk about today, I can just like auto-type in TJD sure. for every game because even if he doesn't play well, that's the talking point. Mm-hmm. So Michigan, Indiana won 62-61, held Michigan scoreless for the last two and a half minutes of the game. 5-12. Was it 5-12? Yeah. I don't <laughs> Indiana think... didn't score Oh for yeah, a story Yes, yet. okay. Right. There was no one scoring yeah. for the last three minutes. Oh, for their last seven, that was the difference, obviously. To start off, both of these games are the kind of games in years past Indiana has lost. Mm-hmm. They went eight minutes without scoring a field goal against Rutgers and didn't even lose a lead. They went three minutes without scoring against Michigan, and their defense held Michigan scoreless for f- way longer and allowed them to escape with a win against teams that historically, not historically, but recently, they haven't been beating. Michigan, they have, I think it was about a seven game losing streak. Not in re- the regular season. Yes, yes. Rutgers By an average had a- of
2: nineteen points, mind you.
0: Rutgers had a seven-game losing streak as well. This it says so much about this team that they're winning these kind of scrappy games. But what is different this year?
2: I think if I'll put forth like the cynical note first, Michigan is probably not as good as it has been recently. But I don't think Rutgers has been any noticeably worse. That's still a very tough team. But it just feels like. You know, it's a cliched saying, but they're finding ways to win. And granted, a lot of that has to do with Trace Jackson Davis scoring like 28. But you have a guy like Jalen Hood-Shawino who is just this jolt of energy. Yes, he's inconsistent, but some games he can just step in. And even if he gets off to a rough start, like against Michigan, he's putting up 21 points. And even though he's committing some turnovers, he's throwing in five assists. You've got, you know, more threats on the outside. I think we didn't see a ton of that against Michigan, but the point is it. Aside from, I would say, maybe just that first Rutgers game this year, there haven't been as many of those vintage Archie Miller like, all right, we're going to give the Trace ball the ball at the top of the key. He's going to back down his defender, do a couple pivots, and see if he can lay it in. Um, and, and when also, he does,
0: he tends to make them.
2: He really does. He's quite good at that. Um, and also, I think defensively, there's just more tenacity and more effort, even throughout the span of this year. They're, you know, they start off a little sloppy against Michigan, ended up holding them to 61. Um, so you know it's a handful of multiple factors but i do think iu deserves a fair share of the credit for the progress they've made relative to everyone else
0: and i will say i'm very excited for xavier johnson to come back and have that jhs xavier johnson one two combo where both of them are at any time able to drive and Jalen might pull up and for a jump shot xavier might dish it out they, they've got each other to kind of play off of and the speed of the team's gonna go way up um, nothing against galloway i just think he's way better as kind of a bench production bring some energy but that'll be fun to get when when those two are back playing together again.
1: Yeah, I think um, I definitely agree because I think Jalen Hutschefino he did have a really good performance last game out, but sometimes it felt like he was forcing shots or maybe just you know taking taking the ball himself too early in the shot clock, and that's something that Xavier Johnson would definitely help balance out because before he got injured, he, I think he was averaging close to five assists per game, which is like. Insane, especially when you think of how many assists Jalen Hagefino and then I'm pretty sure Trace Jackson Davis would be the next leading um, person in that category, how much they're getting out of that too. Um, it, it Honestly, it's scary to think about because, you know, they've settled into to their roles now, but like you said, Evan, like Trey Galloway is a staple bench player. Like he can give them so much more coming off of the bench as a six man and so can Tamar Bates when he's a little bit, you know, down farther in the lineup. So when Xavier Johnson comes back, which I think if I had to guess, it would be two weeks. That that's my guess. Two weeks ish. Well but, he
0: tweeted out the number eight.
1: Yeah, and I yeah, I did speak to someone um who said it was gonna be like one to two weeks. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But
0: yeah, tomorrow Bates being your what eighth player on the the your eighth best player on the team is a scary sight. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Xavier Johnson, Jalen Hodge, Fino together, especially, is that Jalen is he's been hot and cold. That, that that was my game story for the Michigan game.
1: Katy Perry.
0: That was the title <laughs> of my document for the Michigan game. Yep. <laughs> um when when he's on, he's on. He had 21 points against Michigan. He had 33 last time against Northwestern. He's had these really special performances. He also tends to be off quite a bit, at least in the scoring department. I think looking at his stats, it was like he had eight made field goals, one made field goal, eight made field goals, two made field goals, eight made field goals for the last five games. Jalen and X are really, rarely going to have a game where both of them play poorly. They probably will have games where one of them plays poorly, but – there's only going to be so many games where both of them are going to play poorly, and that's going to make a game like Maryland an even more winnable game as you go down the stretch of the Big Ten and kind of get towards the tournament.
1: And even – I think I think Xavier Johnson is a pretty clear-cut one, but in terms of Huchifino, Galloway, and Bates, I think any of them could be the one or the two whenever they're coming off the bench. So having four people – in that backcourt really helps because, again, I'll go back to the randomness of me watching the Nebraska game yesterday. Xavier Johnson did not have a good game. Jalen Hinchofina was still injured at that point. But Galloway had 20 and Bates had 19. So uh, if one of the four even has, like, an outstanding game, then things are going to go well, especially considering that your best player is not a guard. So.
2: And just a really quick touch on that idea of having Johnson and Huchafino on the floor at the same time. We have not seen that all that often post like that early non-conference slate. Uh, Huchafino was out against Arizona. Arizona the last... Oh, And I think Rutgers the game before. Yeah, I was going to say... Have came
1: th- back at Kansas, right?
2: Yeah, which just in time for Xavier yeah. Johnson's foot to explode. I was about to say,
0: that's the only time we've seen both of them on the court together at a loss. For like five minutes. Yeah, so. it didn't even last a half.
2: Yeah, and I think obviously you're just having two guys who can score who can dish who can simply generate speed and playmaking really helps but you mentioned obviously hutchifino he's young he's gonna go hot and cold xavier johnson pretty consistent i mean there were you know i remember the xavier game earlier in the year where he and trace combined for somewhere between 70 and 80 percent of the team's points like xavier johnson deserves his fair share of criticism for his play and sometimes being a little turnover prone but he is played a lot of basketball he has played a lot of college basketball against very good teams he just the floor is very high with him relative mm-hmm. to a lot of people and like he's a point guard there are going to be turnovers yeah um so yeah no to your point i am excited for him to come back and i do hope that a player as explosive and fast as him can get close back to where he was after a pretty devastating injury
0: yeah i mean Jalen and trace almost did that same thing against michigan where they combined for pretty much all of the team's points 49 of 62 they they carry the load. Uh, after the game, Trey said that he thinks they're the best duo in the country. When that becomes a trio between the three of them, it's going to be scary for opposing teams. I mean, it's going to be really hard to guard all of those, and that's not even including you've got Miller Cop in the corner waiting to get an open look. And when, when you, you got guys driving all the time, that's going to make it a lot easier for him to get open. It's going to make him a lot scarier.
2: Yeah, it's you don't have to squint too hard to see a very, very formidable Indiana team that could probably, you know— probably win some games in a postseason tournament. It's just putting it all together at once, which is maybe what we're starting to see, but could definitely stand to see a little bit more of.
1: Yeah, I think really quick, just back to like the, you know, what's going right now, because they wouldn't have been winning these games in previous seasons. And even like even like the games over Christmas break, I think it was Elon and Kennesaw State, those were – I mean, at one point in both those games, it was too close for comfort. I mean, they were down to Kennesaw State for the majority of that game. And when you're watching a game like that, it just doesn't like – they win, but it's still concerning. But, you know, when you're watching Indiana play Michigan, win by one on the road after being down the entire time, it's not really concerning anymore because fundamentally – Things just look so much better, and I think that Xavier Johnson trending towards coming back soon is going to be. I think that played a big part in it because during that three-game losing stretch to Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State earlier in January, things were just at an all-time low, like for so many reasons. Even though Trace was playing well, it was it was about everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. So. I think part of it is emotional, just knowing that you're getting your starting point guard back soon probably plays a big role into that. Um, and just, you know, trying to avoid just falling back into that horrible hole of what happened <laughs> earlier this calendar year that's probably driving a lot of their success recently. Yeah.
0: So now we're moving on. We've got two more games this week. In the great state of Illinois, they're not in the great state. Again, it's the great state of Illinois.
1: Chicago's Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Northwestern down Purdue to move into the tie for second place in the Big Ten. It was an exciting game. If, if for those of you who watched it, um, if you didn't, you missed out. Kind of right before the Super Bowl, and it was kind of a double stri- double screen moment with the LSU South Carolina women's game because that game was incredible. Um,
2: was it? I mean, I mean, yes, it was, but.
0: Like the competition it was, exactly. was incredible. It was <laughs> South Carolina squashing a a team right. that is so overrated. LSU should not have been the number two team in the country. It was technically number three. Indiana was number two, but um, but it was just fun to watch like really good basketball from sure. South Carolina. They're so good. Um, and of course your Indiana women's basketball team is the second best team in the country. So make sure you're following along. Reading coverage from the Indiana Women's Beat, the IDS Women's Beat.
2: Um, um, pick up a ticket for a mere $525 uh, at a, it's only like a, what would that be, a 52,500% markup?
0: Yeah, it's 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 up there, but if you got your ticket for a dollar, it's it's going to be a fun game against Purdue. Oh my gosh, yeah. Later this week against Michigan at home as well should also be very fun, and you should also go to that game.
2: Pack the hall, guys.
0: Yep. Uh, so Northwestern down Purdue. Now Indiana has to travel to Evanston to take on a team riding a high. Plus the Hoosiers have the other Illinois team later this week. Uh, the Illini coming to town against Assembly Hall as well as former IDSP reporter Tristan Jackson.
2: So, Oh my goodness. Can't wait to see Tristan. We're
0: very excited to see Tristan again. My my anyway, co I mean, last year I've got, I've a good got friend time. Of ours. We can just
2: we can just wax about Tristan for a while. We like, could. Top five favorite things about Tristan. One, his laugh. Two, uh no. Um the, the Tristan podcast. Yeah. Uh it's a it's a tough slate. Both winnable, I would say.
0: It's been a very tough streak for Indiana. This will yeah. be the fourth straight, fifth straight game against a team first or second in the Big Ten, or at least fighting for first and second. Uh, and that's partially because the Big Ten I think has eight teams that are eight and six and or better um, Purdue's got a little bit of a, a lead on the rest of the conference and then everyone else is within one game of each other until you get down to the, the the i think six and eight wisconsin might be next uh let's start with northwestern so will the cats be riding high and kind of playing off such the success they had against Edie and the boilers or are they due for a letdown kind of a, a, a indiana classic where they beat a good team and lose the next one
1: I I think Indiana has a lot that they can improve with a win at Northwestern because one they lost to them earlier this year by one technically four I get whatever single digits at Assembly Hall um, their only loss at Assembly Hall oddly enough though Northwestern is not great at home I guess in comparison to Indiana though they have four losses at home. Um, but of course they did just beat Purdue in Evanston. I, I don't think it would be a letdown on Northwestern's end if they if they lose this game, but I think that Indiana is going to win because one, Miller Cop coming back to his his um original college, having not beaten them yet. If if our listeners remember last year's Northwestern game, that was certainly a roller coaster, Um, and then the one in January wasn't great either. But I I think Indiana definitely wins this game. Like, and it's going to be – where were we when we were talking about – this was like a few weeks ago. Someone else in the media room was like, it's all going to come down to – Indiana at Northwestern like in the Big 10 standings like who would have thought like saying that sentence like however many months ago but yeah if they win it's going to be a huge it's it's going to be a statement win oddly enough but <laughs> I mean this is
0: probably the best season in Northwestern program history uh, they entered the game against Purdue needing i think 3 wins to be like a lock in a lot of y- bracketology projections beating Purdue almost counts for 2 wins if you sweep Purdue and Indiana at home That alone might lock you into a tournament spot for only the second time ever. Northwestern's having a really good season. Indiana also obviously having a really good season. They have more to lose against Northwestern than the Wildcats do. Uh, A big thing that's been kind of killing them on the road all season is guard play. Sometimes not even Hochefino, but outside of him, they're really not getting a lot of production from Galloway, from Bates, if C.J. Gunn plays at all, those guys that are kind of the... Even Galloway? I think I said Galloway, didn't
2: I? Uh, well, definitely also not <laughs> Galloway.
0: <laughs> Point is, someone is going to have to step up for Indiana to at least comfortably win this game. Who do you guys think is going to be? Hmm. We'll will we're, it, we're gonna will include it be anyone? Wait, or will it be anyone. Well, we will include forward Miller Cop in the guard uh, because yeah. that's kind of the same. Like
1: that's what I was. Gonna yeah. Say. First of all, Miller Cop is not a forward. He warms up with the guards, so that settles that. Um, oh my god. <laughs> second of all, I think it will be Miller Cop. You know, he. I don't think Miller Cop has had an outstandingly bad game this year, and whenever he gets the ball. Good things happen. Well, this is just such like a Miller Cop praise podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think Evan head. and I can throw some cold water. I <laughs> no, he's had ahead.
2: was it? Oh my gosh! I hate that I can't immediately think of what game. But I've definitely it
0: was been, zero rebounds, zero assists, very close to
2: the Snell stat line. Yeah. But yeah, I know one where like he went up for a couple technicals, um, and didn't get it, get it done. I don't think it was Minnesota. I think oh. it might have been Penn State. It was one of the
0: losses, or maybe even Illinois. I'm I'm just going to say I'm expecting a big Galloway game. Obviously, this is Northwestern's got a pretty tough backcourt of their own, so it's going to be kind of hard for Indiana's guards to get going. But Galloway played really well at home against Northwestern. He hit that buzzer beater to make it a one-point game in a loss, but right. it still counts. Um, I'm expecting kind of that, that same energy that he normally brings to kind of show up against Northwestern. I think he's going to go for 15 points and being kind of the big – third option
2: i could see that happening he's definitely got the experience he's played a lot of tough road games tamar bates is a is someone who just seems to not quite have it on the road um i think the concern for iu is you might not have race thompson still um logan Duncombe still fighting off uh, oh. breaking
0: news are you serious um, there is an Indie star report from one tyler toshman that he had surgery on last week to address the sinus infection.
1: Oh, wow. So Body.
0: he may not play this season, according to the report. Sure. Um, but, yeah, so they're not going to have Logan this week. But it's that has that definitely a, kind of been a strange situation that's been developing.
2: Yeah. But, no, I think Galloway makes sense. He's got more experience than, you know, Tamar Bates. And if Huchifino is having one of his cold nights – in theory, it's got to come from somewhere. But I also think, you know, allowing 84 points to Northwestern at home is not what I think we've come to expect of Indiana. So I think just by virtue of the defense clamping down a bit more, hopefully that slows the game down more, favors paint play a little bit, and IU isn't relying on its guards, slash Miller Cop to jack up threes.
0: Mm-hmm. Next game is Illinois next weekend at Assembly Hall. Straight up, can anyone on that team stop TJD? They did not do it. At Illinois, and we know how he plays at Assembly Hall when the crowd is behind him. Uh, really had his way with danger, the the Illinois forward. Do you guys see someone stepping up to stop TJD? I
1: mean, it, so I genuinely woke up this morning because I don't know if this happens to you guys, but I only dream about basketball now. I woke up. It does not. Okay. I can't confirm
2: it does not. I happen have a lot of night terrors. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: I woke up this morning, and my first thought was, "Is Illinois going to double team Trace Jackson Davis?" I'm being dead serious when I say that. But um, surely I, they do, I, right? Yeah, like but, no, it would but, be
0: crazy for Brad Underwood not to double team him this time. But I mean, he had am- 40 minutes to adjust. Last I know time.
1: it was. It's not like Trace was cold. Like he had 35 points. You have like four that days a to point plan this a time. Like okay, yeah, but. And Brad Underwood, he didn't address it post-game. Do you guys remember? He was like, he, Trace Jackson Davis didn't beat us. Like, 35, yeah. I don't know. If they don't, then it's over. I'm sorry. Like, immediately over. Because that, Trace was, like, attacking from all points of the floor, too. Like, if you remember that dunk where he literally crossed over Dane Danger beyond the three-point line and then drove down the lane. No help in the lane whatsoever, Just dunked left hand. Like, I don't know.
0: You cannot come out with the same game plan. Like It wasn't wasn't like, oh, Michigan, we lost by one. We're going to run the same game plan again. You kind of got your ass kicked at home.
1: Is Brad Underwood going to swallow his pride and change his game plan, though? I think so. I don't know. We'll see.
2: These are professionals. I don't know. I'm going to have faith that he will. But to Evan's question, I don't think there's any one player on Illinois. I don't think there's any one player on most teams that can stop Trace and with the home crowd and maybe the guards playing a little bit better, maybe the team being a bit healthier. I would say I'm fairly confident that IU takes down Illinois, even if Northwestern is a little bit ugly, a la, you know, like the Maryland game of, I guess now two weeks ago, but no, I don't, I don't think there's anyone on that roster that can stop
0: him. He's playing out of his mind right now. You wanted the four, his fourth consecutive big 10 player of the week award. I think he shared it for the third straight week, but yeah. I mean the, the numbers he's putting with uh, Boo Booy. Yep. Did so some little competition there. They can they can duke it out for who actually gets big ten player. Right.
1: League. Yeah, one on one guard forward play.
0: <laughs> it's watching him every night out is is a treat for us to be able to cover a, a guy who's gonna be top ten in program history for a team with so much history. The the stuff he's doing night in night out is unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and the fact that it is so consistent is pretty remarkable. I mean, he started the season with a hand injury, had a back injury. I can't imagine he is, like, at 100% health right now. Um, but, yeah, just the longevity and the consistency of it all is is pretty remarkable because dude takes a beating out on the court. And, you know, he's not just running around the perimeter throwing up threes. It's, to your point, It has. it's definitely been a privilege, I think, for us and for anyone who's been at IU the last handful of years, or in our case, all four. It's like, yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty sick that just one of the best players is here, even if the results on the court, in terms of the win and loss column, haven't always gone how they wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a- another another um, miscue by Illinois was when they said that Trace Jackson Davis has progressively gotten worse over yeah. his career, and he, I mean, again, I, this is only my second year at Indiana, so I've only seen you know a few highlights and then all of last season, but like. The jump is insane. If you take Zach Eady out, Trace Jackson Davis is the best player in the country, no questions asked. Like especially in the country. Yes, in the the he's he's runner
0: up for national player. Yeah,
1: it's like it's from what he's been doing after coming back from these odd injuries, like in January, it's insane. Like I I am just. I am so lucky. Looking at his, his
0: stats, um, 57% from the field. That's just a little bit below his, his uh, career best last season. His free throw percentage is just higher than his career best. His rebounds is well above. He's averaging 11.3 rebounds a game. He has 76 assists, which is already more than he's had in a season, uh, averaging 3.5. He averaged 1.9 last year. He's turning over the ball a decent amount, but that's also because he's trying to make a lot happen as kind of the the focal point of the team. 66 blocks. He set the record this year. He's got 11 steals, and he's averaging 20 points a game. I mean, the stuff he's doing is just ridiculous. One other big number, he's averaging 33 minutes per game, uh, actually less than he did his sophomore year. However, over, I think... The uh, I think Brendan Quaid of the Athletic did a little column on Trace and I think he said it was thirty seven minutes over his last like five or so games.
1: Yeah. When it was like thirty one mm-hmm. last year, I think. Yeah. Do
0: you guys see that starting to crop up as an issue where he's playing so much that I mean, he was tired at the end of the Michigan game. Yeah. He played all forty minutes against a really physical game against Hunter Dickinson. That that free throw that he shorted at the end of the game probably was because his legs were about to give out on him. Is this level of productivity gonna be sustained if he keeps having to play this much for Indiana to win?
1: I mean I think so. Ain't no time to be tired. As <sighs> Trace Jackson Davis himself said. I I think it's gonna be fine. Like I think he knows that he is the biggest factor in Indiana winning and I genuinely think like he's not gonna he's not gonna not do what he needs to do. So
0: yeah,
2: uh, logic tells me that the human body can't consistently do that. But I'm um, about
0: Trace Jackson Davis's logic. Right? Yeah, it's I'm also human, yeah.
2: I also know enough about genetics that there are just outliers, and some of those outliers are six foot nine, uh, mid two hundreds, and can do the things he does. So, like, sure, why why can't he also just never get tired?
0: I was considering making kind of a, a chart to show his lob radius and just coloring half of the court right because yeah. it feels like they just kind of throw the ball up and trace comes flying in and dunks it i mean the stuff he's doing is crazy yeah to if
2: you'll allow me to sort of put a bow on this today uh, mike woodson's uh presser he had a quote said i mean i just don't see a lot of holes in his game right now everybody talks about how he doesn't shoot jump shots well shit he does everything else
1: it's
0: fair yeah i can't say yeah. it much better than woodson
1: i also think it's funny I just remember this from last season when Indiana had that comeback win against Michigan in the Big Ten tournament when I think Trey Jackson Davis played you know significant minutes in that comeback um in Woodson's post game you know on TV interview the sideline reporter is like well like do you think He's tired? Like, how, how is he doing all that out there? And Woodson was like, well, hell, he's 20 years old. He better not be tired. <laughs> he said something similar after yes, the win this week. I he know, was like, so I funny. played 40
0: minutes after having back surgery. He can get over himself, <laughs> <laughs> which is such, like, grandpa thing to say. It's, yeah. it's great from Woodson. It's just mm-hmm.
1: funny that it was literally both against Michigan mm-hmm. and, like, the same thing. Both comeback wins. Ugh, too good.
0: So – Bradley put a little bow on our discussion there. Um, We're going to put a bow on the podcast with our predictions. Uh, I don't think any of ours came true last week. There was no Miller Cop dunk and one. No Trace Jackson Davis three-pointer. No Miller Cop wearing a shirt that said – Screw you, Evan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we were wrong last week. I don't think we've gotten a prediction right. Anyone have anyone in, any interesting predictions for the upcoming
2: I already week? know at least 66% of this is going to be Miller Cop. But Emma, do you want to go first?
1: <laughs> yes. So Miller Cop, <laughs> <laughs> as some of you might know, um, on social media does some – coffee reviews on his TikTok page and he gets a cold brew a few hours before every game like including oh including away games too so he got one at There's Michigan
2: digestive timetable on that
1: sorry right no so on that note no, i no. think miller cop against northwestern is
2: is going to have like a paul pierce wheelchair situation
1: <laughs> is going to go to some place that he has been to right he went to school at northwestern for 3 years the people at Northwestern, the baristas, might have some foul feelings towards Miller Cop. Maybe, you know, slip something in there. Maybe. Who knows? Miller Cop flu game. Miller Cop is, mm, maybe. But he he drinks the coffee a little, a little too close to the game. Gets, you know, t- takes a hit from someone on Northwestern. Just pukes coffee all over the court.
0: So much for a Miller Cop praise podcast.
1: <laughs> it's just a guess. I'm just whatever I think it could happen something along those lines should we
2: all Evan is yours do you have one right now and it's I do like, it's is not it miller, miller cop related oh, okay I was wondering if we would go all miller cop no. no I'll, I'll go uh, I'll go another miller cop one I think uh we've seen him uh in games with a bloody eye with scratches um so I think we're he's gonna get a gnarly dislocated finger like just right angle to the hand and then we're gonna—he's gonna saunter over. Then Cliff Marshall or whoever is gonna like <laughs> have to pop it back in and like massage his hand for a little bit. And he's gonna come out. He's gonna make a three, tongue out, in front of the student section. That might be his only score of the game, but I think dislocated finger.
0: Okay, so that's enough cursing a Miller cop. Um, my my secondary prediction is that Miller cop is going to be totally fine and not have anything happen yeah, to him. no Listen, for sure like it's, of, it's
2: on the table
1: none of these have come true so like what we're saying doesn't even matter well
0: my my prediction uh it may very well come true um obviously northwestern indiana a big rivalry not so much on the basketball court as much as in the journalism department sure uh That's the indiana media school versus the medill school of journalism northwestern is, is kind that of, only post grad no, it's no. undergraduate. No, undergrad yeah, there's okay. there's a lot of um,
1: animosity. Yeah, mostly I think towards Why?
0: towards is Northwestern from Indiana because yeah, the inferiority complex probably. Um, like and we don't real. quite get as much recognition as even though we're producing about as good content, I would say as them. I think um, the daily is it the daily Northwestern there? I believe so. The, sure. Their student uh, student newspaper is um, they're going to get in a fight with us. Oh,
2: that'd be oh sick. We almost threw hands. Well, not we almost threw hands, but there was some. There was a spat between the, the exponent and not even the IDS, but just like Indiana at yeah. large. Yeah, that was a whole last week. Diablo. We also
0: we we did kind of attack the uh, Daily i newspaper when they had the Hoosiers are losers spirit well, page. Yeah, one of our friends
2: tore that up for his mm-hmm. stand up, but he, he did it in good faith He did, I think. He so. apologized. But
0: however, I think there's going to be some some exchange words between the IDS and Northwestern's paper. Going to lead to a little bit of of a brawl. Dude, are in, we going to get in a scrap? I, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's likely we're going to get a little bit of a brawl in the press know, room. They're going to have to pull us apart. Do you, have you done like a scouting report? Like they don't have just like a six foot eight, two hundred forty pound columnist, right? They're <laughs> actually the starting center from their football team is also uh, the their oh, columnist. No.
1: It's going to be like when they have manager basketball games before. It's just going to be us mm-hmm. and Northwestern's newspaper. There out.
0: is there is only one thing I think that can stop this fight from breaking out. Uh, we have not received confirmation that our credentials have been approved yet. Oh, right. So right, right. maybe they're aware that this might happen and they're going to try to keep us out of Evanston. Fair.
1: That is a clever play. <laughs>
2: now we can meet in like Fort Wayne on neutral ground.
0: Well, they are got to come to us though. Are they going to be afraid? Well, they should
2: be again. I haven't done the scouting report, but I think, I mean, we've talked, Like, I think we're one of the more physically imposing beats here at the IDS. I would say that's so n- yeah. between, I mean, I don't think anyone here is like shorter than five, eight. And I don't, we don't need to talk about who that is, <laughs> but <laughs> kidding. I that, that was, That's underselling me. Uh But no, yeah, I I'd, I'd take us in most, in
0: most uh scraps with other writers.
1: That's a good prediction though, because there is, there is a, there's a rivalry there.
0: I mean, it's, everyone knows it. So daily Northwestern better look out. We're coming for you.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And, uh, after this we have sparring, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're doing a lift and then we're doing sparring.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, we could could take him on a bowling. I brought my gi.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you were in Taekwondo.
0: (laughs) So this has been the five banner banter podcast and a threat and a threat to the (laughs) daily Northwestern daily Northwestern. If you are listening to this, um, you're a lovely newspaper, but still watch out. Yeah, no, for sure. This has been the Five Benefited Podcast, uh, the 2022 Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast. We did a quick. Uh, we scrapped the recording before this because I just said the men's podcast and
2: not very progressive. No, <laughs>
0: uh, I am. I have been your host, Evan Gerkey, joined alongside Emma Pollitz and Bradley O'Hulin. Thank you for tuning in.